Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word "Do Good Better" at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, this is a podcast for all the small, medium-sized nonprofits doing wonderfully great big things. And one of the questions that our small and medium-sized nonprofits has how in the heck do we grow our lists and influence in the digital worlds, email marketing, etc.? I don't have all the answers, so I bring in guest experts like my guest today, Stephen Aguiar. He is the founder of Blue Wing, and they are a nonprofit uh, growth marketing agency. Did I get that right? That's, right. That's an awesome That's and title. I like that. Uh, Stephen's going to talk to us about all things uh, planning on how to build your lists to reach more people. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, a brand new program that he has, which is uh, Good Goes Further. We're going to have a really good time talking about this stuff. Stephen, how are you today? I'm very good, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. It's election day, so I'm going to try and focus as much as possible on the conversation, um, and hopefully I, I put my best foot forward. This will be a welcome distraction uh, for us yeah. today <laughs> when you're listening to this in the replay. Uh, you can just imagine that we're talking about all good things on a day that everybody's thinking about something directly else. So uh, kudos to you and welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. So if somebody's scrolling through uh, Facebook or Apple Podcasts or they're finding this wherever they're finding it and they look upon the description and they say digital marketing and email acquisitions, I need to know more, but they have no idea what Blue Wing is or who Steven is, kind of give us a 5,000 foot view on your, uh, your company and you and how you got into the nonprofit in the digital marketing world? Sure. Um, well, basically, ever since I graduated college um, about 10 years ago, I've been working in digital marketing. I got my career start in the publishing space, working for some independent and venture-backed digital media companies, um, basically digital magazines. Um, and so that ties into my experience in a big way because a lot of audience development on the publishing side is email acquisition. Um, you know, newsletters are all the rave nowadays, and they were even when I was working full time. Um, so growing email lists has been something that's been really important to my career and, and um, you know, having success with the companies I work for. Four years ago, I left my full time position and started Blue Wing. I was just sort of ready to go out on my own and try the consulting thing. Um, and thankfully, it's worked out. My first client ended up being a nonprofit, not out of any um, sort of intention, but just sort of out of my network and a little bit of luck. Um, and ever since then, you know, I've worked with a bunch of different companies, but I've worked with about a dozen different nonprofits over the past four years um, in a digital marketing consulting capacity. Um, Blue, at Blue Wing, we focus primarily um, on paid media and growth marketing. So we, I'd say the through line with all of our clients is some form of Facebook, Instagram, or Google advertising, um, you know, occasionally YouTube and LinkedIn as well. And then we sort of build out our service offering from there based on what the client needs. So one thing to drive traffic to your website, you know, maybe we could also design and code landing pages for you, integrate those campaigns with your CRM, integrate them with your email marketing platforms and set up, 
you know, marketing automation sequences, copywriting, design, um, all that good stuff, whatever sort of fills out um, the gaps of your funnel, um, you know, is sort of what we can handle. Um, going into COVID and, and George Floyd sort of felt like I wanted to use a little bit more of my digital marketing powers for good um, and double down a little bit in a nonprofit space. So we launched a second brand called Good Goes Further. Um, and, you know, that's basically works on three different levels. Number one, we have a private Facebook group with some nonprofit marketers. We've been publishing interviews. We've released about 15 or 20 of them so far speaking with nonprofit marketers about the tactics that work best for them. And then lastly, we're doing some nonprofit digital marketing workshops where we come in for a month or two and basically turn over every stone, digital marketing SWAT team, basically put together a really thorough blueprint for your nonprofit's digital marketing strategy going forward. Um, and we've just did, um, we've done four of those since we launched and they've all been um, really great experiences. So that's my background. Um, and yeah, that's what we're up to right now. I love it. This is going to be great uh, and, and a wonderful timing for a conversation because I think a lot of nonprofits who are getting ready for their winter appeal, um, they're looking to plan for 2021. Um, they're probably looking at their lists and sort of uh, trying to figure out where to segment. And then they're, after their segmentation is done, if they even have that as a, as a thing, now they're looking at, oh, crap, I think our lists are not as big as they should be. So I, I'd love to spend some time, since it's your bailiwick and you have a, a passion for it, is talk a little bit about email acquisition. And even if you're a, a business owner listening to this podcast today or you're a, a board member or someone within leadership, to have to tell your story to as many people as possible is step number one on trying to get your message out and raise more money. You can't do that unless you have a platform. The platform is perfect. It's email. It's usually free, if not uh, you know, inexpensive. Getting names, good names, and getting interactions and engagement is a mystery, I think, to most nonprofits. A, because I don't think they have the time. B, uh, a lot of this uh, technical verbiage uh, is scary. And number three, what do you do with it when you get it? And how do you actually capture some of those things? So let's kind of just start at the top. Let's take our time and kind of work through some of these things. If I'm a small nonprofit looking for a first step to expand my email base, what do I do? Well, you're definitely right that it's a complicated issue. And I'll try and sort of work through it as logically as possible. But a lot of the times, the steps sort of go back and forth. And, and you have to sort of revisit um, you know, step number one, even when you're deep into the process, right? So listen, I, I um, encourage everyone to listen to this podcast multiple times. And yeah. uh, <laughs> basically where I would start if I was a nonprofit um, is looking at the traffic you already have to your website. Um, you know, the thing about email marketing is that and growing your email list is that it's not exclusively an email problem or issue to solve, right? If you want to grow your email list, that means you need to drive, you need to get traffic from organic search or paid social or partners or influencers, wherever it is, right? It's not just an email specific problem. You really need to look at all of your different traffic sources and figure out where you can get more traffic and then convert that traffic to your list. Um, so one of the things, you know, again, just want to reemphasize that it's not solving, growing your email list is not an email issue. It's a whole digital issue, right? Well, and so, I, think, I think to your point, um, solving an email list alone isn't going to grow your audience. But if you yeah. do all of these steps, you're going to grow as an organization exponentially. So don't, don't, you know, the, that horse, yeah. you tend to get horse blinders on in the nonprofit world, right? I need to grow my email list. If you yeah. grow your story across 
platforms, yep. if you are uh, opening up audiences and producing great content and getting in front of those eyeballs, everything will grow rather than yep. just one thing, right? We want a we want a foundation of things growing, not just a piece of the puzzle growing. So wonderful point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd, I'd start with, you know, the traffic coming to your website already. A lot of that is probably organic search um, or maybe organic social. And you want to sort of make sure that you're converting a certain percentage of that traffic to your email list as it's coming through your site. Um, and so I like tools like Sumo, Unbounce, Optin Monster. There's a lot of great tools you can use to create calls to action on your website um, that convert your visitors to subscribers. A benchmark that I would look for to know if you're being successful is around two or 3%. You want to make sure that for every 100 people coming to your website, you're grabbing a few email addresses. Um, and if you're way below that, you know, then you have to look at, all right, what's my call to action? What's the creative I'm putting in front of people that's supposed to, you know, inspire them to join my email list? Um, a couple of things anecdotally, I'll just mention from a creative perspective or call to action perspective. A lot of things in the nonprofit space, you know, one theme that works really well is sort of join the movement. You know, people want to feel like they're part of something bigger, bigger than themselves. They want to feel like they're being educated on something bigger than themselves and, and want to know how they can get involved. The other thing I'll mention um, is one thing that it's a little bit of a bummer, but a lot of sort of negative connotation calls to action work really well. Like instead of, you know, you mentioned end of year coming up, a lot of calls to action that emphasize the work to be done mm -hmm. and not necessarily the work that's been accomplished mm -hmm. tend to work better. Um, Can you, and, and sorry, sorry, because I think this is a really yeah. important point too, is because what you want, you want, you want to think about is not only acquisition, but then how they feel as if when they were acquired. So don't think of this as a necessarily like a negative, your first impression is not negative. Yeah. Yeah. Your immediate follow-up is this is what we've accomplished. So they feel good inside, but there's a call to action, right? Yeah. So think of this as a storyline within your conversation. It's a moment in time where you're like, I need to grab somebody's attention. Okay, now that I have it, oh, and by the way, the amazing work we do because of this, this, and this is this, right? Yep. So it's not necessarily an all negative tactic. It is, but there are certain ways and certain verbiages that will uh you know this, right? We're in the middle yeah. of a political season. God, God willing, nor the end of the political season. But you know, you your head turns when something is like, "What did they just say?" Yeah. Um, so, so don't think of this as your holistic approach. But as you are testing ac yep. acquisition strategies, you can use this positive vibe. This, like, I'm, you know, um, COVID has affected us, but we still want to maintain our programs and services. Blah blah. blah right? Oh no, COVID. Click. So just, yeah. just, just to clarify, like you don't have to be in a negative space the entire time, but these are just individual strategies for the larger picture to give some real um, nuance and, and some uh, difference in your storytelling uh, to acquire donors. Yeah, it's a delicate balance. You, be, you don't want to be alarmist, but you want to create some urgency. Um, and, and you want to you know, uh, get people feeling like, okay, I need, to, I need to subscribe to this list because I need to know what's going on in XYZ niche um, or nonprofit space. So, awesome. and then like you mentioned, you know, the A-B testing, that's, you know, really critical. And you can, you can test the positive versus a negative connotation. You can test um, different sort of value propositions that your nonprofit has. Um, it's really baked into these tools. You don't need to be a coder enabled in order to A-B test different calls to action um, on your website. It's really, it's really straightforward. So, um, that's where I would start. I would look at, you know, how can you convert the traffic already coming to your website um, into your email list? How can you A-B test different calls to action? 
um, in terms of the value propositions and reasons for signing up for your newsletter that people that should be out there. Um, going out from there, um, you know, there's um, another thing that I've seen work really well, and I'll talk a little bit about traffic sources and, or new traffic sources in a bit, is the petition route. Um, and this is sort of um, plays into um, a little bit of that urgency um, element I was mentioning earlier, but something I've, I've seen work really well um, this year in particular is creating petitions um, that people would sign up for in order to show their support for a certain um, policy topic in general. If your nonprofit has a legal or policy team, this is a really good fit for them, um, but they don't have to have that. Um, they can still sort of create, you know, um, you know, sign up to show that you support, you know, I don't know, just using a political example of like Medicare for all in the age of COVID or something like that. Um, and so just sort of building that list, think about like the, the change.org sort of way of building an email list, right? Like there's these like massive email lists with millions of people on them, but at the end of the day, change.org owns that list. Think about how you can sort of repurpose that strategy and own that funnel, like own that position, own the emails coming in, um, and in a way that you can then nurture them on the back end um, after they show the support for the topic. So petitions um, have been one tactic that have, again worked really, really well this year. Um, that was part part at. of that too is that now that a new legislative season is going to start, right? So every one of your yep. states are going to kind of rank up and uh, they're going to get into session. So a lot of topics are going to be discussed yep. for policy and procedure. This is a great time to convert the please vote for me people into a, all right, now that we have uh, our sort of legislative body um, in order, now what yep. do we want to do with it? So, and it doesn't necessarily have to be divisive in this sense too. It's let's rally to uh, provide more funding for X, Y, and Z. It's let's not forget those that we serve, you know, sign yep. up here. So that this can be kind of a positive rallying cry. So yep. let's say, let's bond together, let's band together as a group and let's, let's show that, that we have enough support to push some agendas forward. Even like you said, even if you don't have like a policy uh, you know, a cohort of, you know, a slew of lawyers, just a one or two person shop, what you, what you do still matters and yeah. how you can engage your audience to um, affect, even if you're not affecting, you know, uh, like unbelievable change, at least you're getting on the docket or at least you're getting ears to your message in the first place. Yeah. Even if you're a small nonprofit or a local one, you know, collecting a thousand emails and showing up to your next city council meeting and saying, Hey, like we have a list of a thousand people in our town that believe in this topic, right? I mean, it's not, it's again, you're sort of blending the policy, but you are making an impact and also yeah. like self more, a little bit more selfishly, like serving into your audience development strategy, right? So everything's working together. You're growing your base. You're, you're, you're making an impact. You're showing the decision makers that mm -hmm. there's people out there that care about the, the issues that your nonprofit serves. Um, so it all works together really well. And, and uh, again, that's has been working um, great for some of my clients this year. Stephen, some of the questions that I think are probably going to pop up around now is uh, for engagement on social media that then leads to a website. What are you finding that are the best and most engaging social pieces that capture some of the attention or what is what should they avoid? Um, maybe that's 
that's a better uh, starting point is what should you not be doing on social media that's going to either not be in front of people's eyeballs from an analytics standpoint uh, or that are just generally just poo-poo. Like, I think people look at their posts and go like, why did that get a uh, hundred likes? And why does that got, you know, one, what is the, like, how do we. Yeah. I think two off the top of my head um, are sort of a little bit what I mentioned earlier of like, don't pat yourself too much on the back. I think nonprofits fall into a trap where like, they talk so much about their accomplishments that it almost feels like the problem solved. Mm. Um, and that way people don't really feel inspired to take action. Um, and so be careful of that. You know, I think you, obviously you want to celebrate your accomplishments, but don't do it so much in a way where like people feel like, again, problem solved. I can move on with my life. It doesn't, I don't need to be like, spend my time and attention and money supporting this issue. You clearly um, live on the East Coast and you don't live in flyover <laughs> country here because we don't brag about anything over here. Yeah. And so I spend most of my time going, you should just celebrate a win, people. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, like, um, definitely, you know, as much storytelling as possible. Video works really, really well. Um, so definitely try and incorporate some of that, um, into your messaging. Um, but yeah, everyone's different. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if there's any other like major traps to avoid. Um, but yeah, that, that, that comes to mind just like sort of making feel, they feel feel like the problem is solved. Like don't, I don't think you want to make them feel that way. Well, and yeah, this goes back to your original point of, of, of testing, right? So make sure yeah. that you're producing different types of content, even if it's the same message, what, what's resonating with your um, your, uh, you know, uh, followers on social media. Definitely. Speaking of which on the followers side, um, if you're in a small nonprofit kind of starting up, maybe you've got a couple hundred followers, what's a good strategy there to kind of, um, provide a reason to follow or a reason to like the page in the first place? Yeah, I think, you know, I actually just did an interview with, um, a nonprofit marketer as part of the good goes further series. And it kind of blends my background in publishing and non, this nonprofit consulting work I do really well. And she was talking about the success, the success they've had um, covering news mm. um, as a nonprofit, right? So like new, covering news is a great audience development strategy because you're publishing blogs on your website. People are searching mm. for that on Google, those topics that are coming to your site, but also gives people a reason to follow you on social media. Um, you know, I have a client in the criminal justice reform space and they covered the repeal of 50A um, in New York city of the police, um, transparency law. And it was the number one website, you know, blog posts on their you know, number one website as uh, sorry, number one blog post as far as traffic on their website of all time, 250,000 people read that article. Um, and it was, all it was, was a couple of paragraphs covering a piece of breaking news. Um, and so I think news, I really like that angle. Um, it, you know, I think it gives people to answer your question of people for a reason for people to follow you on social media. Um, but also can be a great traffic driver to your website overall, even on the organic search side. Um, so take a look at that. And then also, you know, any sort of op-ed style, you know, insightful hot takes, um, work really, really well, Twitter threads and things like that. Um, the other important thing that's come up a lot, um, with my interviews with nonprofit marketers is like, the magic that happens when your social team is talking with people who are the internal experts, maybe they're your ED or your lawyers or your operations people. Um, and the magic that happens to that collaboration, you know, a lot of times, you know, digital marketers are experts in digital marketing, but they're not necessarily experts in the topic that the nonprofit covers. Right. But the people in the, internally, the nonprofit 
are experts on those topics, but not experts in, in digital marketing, right? And I think a lot of times nonprofits, they think because they hire a social media person um, that the person has it covered, but you really, you know, having your internal experts really communicate and share insights with the social team and say, here's what's going on in my world that's interesting. And I think, you know, you guys can look at opportunities to share this with um, our social media audience are really, really important. Um, yeah, to, to your point too. And again, here, you know, the Midwest, which is this, you know, humble, oh, nobody wants to know what I think. Um, a lot of the leadership uh, doesn't think they either have the time nor it's their place to ex you know, sort of explain their expertise and why uh, your organization is doing what you're doing. And, and I 100% agree. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out, well, my CEO doesn't have any uh, sort of real is not savvy about social media. It doesn't matter. They're savvy about the organization and they're savvy yeah. about what they do within the organization. That type of information is not disseminated on a regular basis. It might be in a newsletter. It might be in like a, Hey, this is the CEO corner, but that's the only time that they get out in front of people to do either interviews or have opinions or share it. Uh, I think there's a scared uh, I, I'm scared to make a stance or have an opinion about something because this might have backlash on my donors situation, I think in some yeah. cases. But the other thing is they just don't share their expertise because either they're too busy or they think creating content is like writing war and peace, right? Yeah, content, yeah. and again, I want to hammer this home too, and maybe you can do this with me, which is creating content does not mean you need to do a 15-page blog post. Creating content just means you have to have something interesting or, or unique or uh, connected to your mission that you can get to help out, yep. you know, sort of Absolutely. tell that story, right? Explain content. It just, it doesn't have to be this way, right? I think the people listen to my droney, like nasally droney voice. And I say this all the time. Let's have your voice talk about how you don't have to write a billion and a half words for content. No, you don't. Um, yes. I think everybody, everybody. <laughs> Everybody has an HD camera in their pocket. Yep. Um, and really a lot of times like a minute, two minute video recording um, is all you need to have a great post, yep. right? And so, um, no, not everything, you know, not everything needs to be a 15 page article. And if you are doing that, great, because it's gonna be great for your organic SEO, but outsource that to a copywriter who can do the research and, and do that for the purpose of driving organic search traffic. If you're trying to build a reach on social media, um, you know, video content works really well. Um, and it does not need to be time consuming. Um, you know, we're recording this podcast. It's going to take us a half an hour to knock it out and it's going to be great for both of our channels and we'll, we can transcribe it, enter it into a blog post and clip it up into different clips and then share it 10 different times. Cause there's, you can do, you know, there's a million different ways that we can get a lot of value out of this half an hour we're spending together. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as even what we're doing here. Um, so yeah, don't be intimidated. Don't think that it's a huge time suck. And especially if you have that, that internal partner, that person you've hired to help you with the process, um, you know, they're going to be a great resource for you. So, so don't hold back. Um, and yeah, just turn the camera on, um, see what happens. Um, and you know, again, don't hold back when it comes to sort of chiming in on what's going on in your space. Um, you know, a tweet takes a couple minutes to bang out, right? If you're, if there's a piece of news that you have an opinion on. Um, people care about that because that's why they follow you in the first place, right? They want to know what's going on in your space. Um, so yeah, uh, don't hold back. It's not, it's not that hard. Brilliant. I love it. Let's, uh, let's circle back to uh, good goes further. 
Um, this is something that's very unique in the space, and you've kind of uh, sort of danced around how awesome this is. And let's dive into it because you are not only collecting um, experts within the marketing field and the, of nonprofit uh, to get some opinions and sort of provide value. Um, you've got a uh, sort of a, a closed Facebook group that is sort of talking about that as well. But you're also taking on projects to ramp up or help with the digital marketing strategies of a handful of nonprofits. This give back kind of thing is great. What have you, give us an example of a group that you worked with and their start and finish product as far as you working with them. And, and what inspired you to work with them? Did you just choose them out of the blue? Well, how does that work? And how do people get involved with you to start all this? Yeah, so we've done, and sorry, I just said that my headphones are dying, so I just switched to my speaker, but um, <laughs> if I have my, my voice changes. Um, yeah, so we've done, you know, four of these nonprofit marketing workshops, and we've done them with people in a lot of different spaces, everything from <clears throat> two-person nonprofits all the way to people who are in the criminal justice reform space that have come into a lot of money and are looking to scale up. Um, global nonprofits, local ones. Um, so it's been a little bit all over the place. But really at the end of the day, we come in and we look at every single channel um, that is relevant to growing an audience and then converting them to advocates or donors. Um, so we look at organic social, paid social, organic search, paid, paid search, email marketing, integrations with your CRM for tracking donors and fundraisers, um, your sort of you know, fundraising funnels, um, technology stacks, which is really important. What tools are you missing? What tools could you use? Um, you know, personas, things like that. Um, so basically we're coming in and we're, and the final product is basically one to two months of work um, going back and forth and pulling together a digital marketing blueprint that sort of sets you up with a plan moving forward. Um, in some cases, we have been working with the nonprofits after the blueprint session is done. Um, in others, we're totally happy. And actually the original model is to uh, bring in our team of freelancers and refer them directly to the nonprofits. Um, you know, we don't need to sort of be a middleman. Um, if at the end of the day, all your nonprofit needs is a paid media manager or a designer or a copywriter or um, someone to help with the technology, you know, we can help with that obviously, but if it's, if you're a nonprofit and you're cost sensitive, we can refer you to great talent that we use at our agency to serve our clients, but we don't have to be in the middle. So it's really cost effective. Um, and really we want to just help you help staff you up in a really lean um, uh, and flexible way so that you can actually execute on a plan that we pull together. Um, and, and again, not necessarily it has, doesn't necessarily have to be with us. Um, so yeah, the process has been great. Um, you know, we've seen, um, a lot of nonprofits take what we've recommended, um, and execute it successfully, you know, things like these, these petition strategies, um, different paid advertising campaigns, um, you know, things like that, that we recommended new, you know, welcome series for their email, uh, new technology, new CRM that they should set up. You know, we've seen them take this and uh, our recommendations and, and act on them and help hold their hand um, throughout that process. Um, and it's been great. Fantastic. How do people get a hold of uh, you to get a hold of the uh, Good Goes Further group? Yeah, just go to goodgoesfurther.com. Um, there's a contact form on the website, which goes right to my inbox. So I'll get back to you ASAP. Um, there's also a 
uh, form on the website to join the private Facebook group, which if you put in your information, you'll get an email with the link to it. Um, and then if you go to the website um, or just search on social media for us, you can find all of our interviews with nonprofit marketers, where again, you know, we've published, I think, almost 20 of them, where they share all the tactics that have worked best for their nonprofit. So there's like a wealth of information there as far as if you're just thinking, you know, I can use some fresh ideas, some, you know, some, some fresh tactics that are working good well for other people. Um, just check out our social media accounts and watch some of the videos. There's some great stuff on there. Outstanding. We'll uh, drop all of those links in the uh, show notes as well. And of course, pay attention to uh, what Steven and his team are doing as far as leading you to a website, acquiring an email, sending out an email, engaging with them. You, While you're going through the process of joining this crew, watch the process from a different perspective of what he and his team are doing to bring you into the fold that you can then replicate uh, for your small nonprofit on how that engagement works. He will literally be teaching you this while you sign up for his uh, groups <laughs> and then you can just pay attention and then get that new perspective. I think that's wonderful. And I think it's so needed in the nonprofit world is having different people from different views and different backgrounds, giving them perspective on either what they're doing from a marketing uh, or storytelling or engagement piece. Uh, Stephen, you have been a wonderful guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. This is going to help, I think, a lot of people with a really overall strategy to engage audiences that will eventually lead to a delightful uh, email list increase. And I love the fact that you said 2 to 3% conversion rate. I think a lot of people think they need to have yeah. a 50% conversion rate and they're going to be uh, stellar and anything less than that's terrible. 2 3%, I think we can manage that. Yeah, it's doable. I think I think anyone can pull it off. You guys got I it. I absolutely love it. All right, uh, Stephen, thank you so much. Uh, Blue Wing uh, or uh, Good Goes Further, you can go and click on the things below. Stephen, thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Documenting donor information is the most important thing you can do as a fundraiser, as a nonprofit organization. And hey, if you don't know where to start and try to figure out where and what system to get, go to DonorDoc.com. DonorDoc is the CRM system, the donor database system. It has wonderful reporting. It has easy-to-use dashboards. Frankly, it's the greatest thing that you will have at your disposal as a fundraising organization. Go to DonorDoc.com. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.